in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another brand new episode of the Top 10. I am John Roca. And I am Matt Nost. We're here to bring you another movie-based show here in the Top 10. Where today, we're uh, counting down Disney movies since the year 2000. Our favorite yeah. uh, Top 10s there for the new movie Encanto. Yeah. Uh, which is what? I love? I love you? Uh, no, Encanto means like a rhythm or a place. Oh, okay. um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Encanto means something oh, that... Enchants yeah. you or excites you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Encantar. Yeah. yeah. Conflated. I don't use my Spanish as much as I should. <laughs> Neither do I, brother. Neither do I. That's why I'm considering doing some reviews on Sundays in Spanish. Just seeing if I could work it out, kind of talk it out, and see if maybe I can get away with it and see what people think. But it's a way to kind of keep in practice because I only use it when I talk to my mom. So, oh. yeah. Yeah. I use it. Uh, literally like anywhere that I run into somebody that's Spanish, you can tell that English is clearly their second language. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah. try and use Spanish. So my Spanish is, is, is good as their English is, you know what I mean? So, between the- <laughs> but I always, you, and know, you meet hey, in the what, middle. You guys, yeah, yeah well, I'm trying and just like, Hey, what is the word for this? And then, oh, oh that's this. So I try and, you know, yeah. use it as much as I can. I used the, a few days ago when I went and got, it's a great place by us. It does rotisserie chicken, but it's a Mexican Ooh. rotisserie chicken. Nice. But they're all Latino, and uh, you can definitely tell that English is their second language. So, yeah, I can easily. It's, it's really simple to order. You know, you, uh, quiero número cinco por favor. Pero, you know, uh, easy you done. Very Not well. a problem. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> but then, uh, you know, yeah. y no salsa. Oh, you don't like our salsa is what he said back to me. But I, you know, I was like, ah, me esposo. No, and then I was like, I just couldn't, I couldn't remember like in the moment. It's like, uh, me esposo, uh, no quiere. <laughs> That's good. That's yeah, good. but I just like, I can't Close remember. Enough. She doesn't like it. She just doesn't want yeah. it. But it's a difference of. Right. Uh, no le gusta. No le gusta. Is look, ah, gusta. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Gustar. Yeah. As soon as you say it, be like, God, I can't believe I forgot. Because I don't use it every day. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I used to narrate my days in Spanish. Was, <laughs> well, I was like in college and stuff. I was a good Spanish student. I had wow. thought about minoring in it. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I would do whatever I was doing around my house or if I'm walking to class, I'm describing the scenes in my head in Spanish. So I'm constantly using the Spanish. I was good at one time. <laughs> Mateo está caminando en clase para matemática. Oh, despacio, por favor, porque no entiendo mucho cuando una persona hablo uh, rápido. Oh, that's good, see? Not too bad. Yeah, but at the same time, it's very formal. <laughs> we can go uh, We can go international, Matt. We can start doing shows, live shows in, in Spanish countries. For the time. Sure. Watch me fumble to make the most rudimentary of statements. <laughs> that's good. I sound like a first grader. <laughs> Numero diez. Numero diez <laughs> es. 
and then I don't, I can't remember uh, how to conjugate the past participles, <laughs> so I don't even do it. Oh, I just yeah. dance around it. Goes, I go, I used to go crazy because I would take Spanish. Because I, you know what? Now looking back, I was such an idiot. I should have taken a, another foreign language in high school, or whatever. Because oh, I you took Spanish. Took Spanish? Yeah, oh yeah, of course, just to get an easy A or B. I mean, fuck, it was so easy. So it wasn't a big deal. You better not have gotten a B. <laughs> well. <laughs> Just because you can speak it doesn't mean you understand like the past present participle and all that nonsense. Yeah, but you just I speak from flow, from knowledge, from just you know, whatever. You have an active two teachers at home. Yeah, true. That's true. That's true. Uh I don't know. I am pretty sure I got A's. I'm pretty sure. But you know, writing it out and speaking it are two different things, man. So they are they can, they can get you on the writing. It's sure. easier to read it for me than <laughs> oh, it is because yeah. you know, people speak at a quick pace. So yeah, you gotta be like, dude, you need to slow down. Talk to me like a child. <laughs> and the different accents oh right? yeah because like the cubans accent the cuban accent they remove the s's from plurals and it's a deeper one uh and so it's just it's a different a different approach to spanish the argentinian spanish is faster um so you just it's all different rhythm and the, the, of course the spanish spanish is has the feta and so it's a whole other different oh uh, yeah we, pattern and speech you go to yeah. uh, the what catalonia region Oh, yeah. And it's all of a sudden it's gracias. And you're right. like, this is really strange to me because I've only known one way. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, hey, dude, if you want to start doing it, sure. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. It's going to be the quickest reviews of all time. <laughs> That's true. Yo si, quiero. No. <laughs> yeah. See, si, no. I don't even know the word for thumbs. <laughs> um, Something. Oh, there, shit. Thumb. I, I know dedo is finger. I don't know thumb. Damn. Now you got now now something also is that what we would say for up that that's wait you're looking up Spanish for thumb yeah because I don't I I should know it I know derecho I know the directionals yeah direction Uh, derecho is right yeah exactly yeah derecho izquierdo um (laughs) it's easy well it's like when you're in Spain it's like dos calles y derecho and then just like how many streets tell me that I can do that right. You can get that far. Okay, but if you start giving me like landmarks and whatnot, it's like I don't know the words for some of these things that you're saying. So, all oh, right, yeah, like Statue of Liberty. Yeah, but it would uh, Mount Rushmore. Well, I mean, that one would be a little bit easier. <laughs> really, you know the word for statue in, in Spanish? Uh, no, but I mean, be, uh, Liberty, de, what, Libertad, Libertad. See, yeah, so de Libertad would be like, okay, that's the Statue of Liberty. Context clues, I can figure that out. But if it get was, there, I get there. Uh, uh, yeah, Estatua is a statue, so you could get there. Estatua, yeah, yeah, you could get there. Uh, did you find out what thumb is? What was, what was yeah, thumb? pulgar, pulgar, el pulgar, P U L G A R, pulgar, pulgar, pulgar alto. Would that be thumbs up? Wait, now I have to look that up. Pulgar thumbs alto? up in Spanish. I don't know. Thumbs up and then thumbs down. I don't know the word for down. Pulgar es hacia arriba. So there you go. Pulgar hacia arriba. Hacia arriba. Pulgar hacia arriba. Yeah. Some people like to roll the R's. Some people don't like to roll the R's. So, um, yeah. And then what about thumbs down? What do you got? You can say luz verde as well, which is like green light. The truth. Luz verde. In light, verde being green. Thumbs down in Spanish is pulgares abajo. Pulgares abajo. Abajo. Okay. Yeah. Pulgares Pulgares abajo. abajo. I will totally remember that. Pugar, I will. I, I, that one I can remember. Pugar. Yeah. Um, and when is that going to come up? No clue. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Hey, check out these thumbs in Spanish. I can say that now. 
Hey, I got nothing, guys. I got nothing. But what I do appreciate about it is when I'm yeah. actively trying, every person that I do it with tries to help. Oh, of course. Yeah, they're like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, we're not a shitty people. We like no, no, I'm saying that, but it, meet us halfway. It's great. Yeah, well, they take it for what it is. Me earnestly trying right. to better myself. Right, right. Um, not like, you know, talking down to them or something or something yeah. ridiculous. It's just like, oh, okay, you're actively trying. Yeah. I remember the delight uh, on one woman's face. Um, I had this house to clean and I hired cleaners to help me do it because it was just yeah. too big a job. Right. And uh, so I was trying to do that with them a couple of years ago. But every time I'd ask her, hey, how do you say that? And the, she would light up. Oh, that's <laughs> you say it like this. And like, oh, okay. And then try and remember throughout the day as we're cleaning and whatnot. But yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, try. I'd still, I need to use it more than I do. I love to use it when I can, you know, uh, like you said, with people you go and come in contact with, uh, our cleaner, our house cleaner is Israeli. So I don't get to use it with her, but in our past house cleaner, where we lived in Beverly Hills, she, he was Latino. So I got to occasionally speak with him and, or his wife in Spanish. And then our gardeners though, the guys who come that we don't pay for, they're paid for by the people who own the house. Mm -hmm. They're Spanish. So whenever Lindley wants something done around the, when they come for gardening, I have to be the person who walks out there and speaks to them for a little bit, you know, which is fun. And they were like, like the first time I spoke in Spanish to them because they it, it was an Asian couple that lived here for five years or Asian family rather who lived here for So they didn't speak any Spanish. So he, when we first spoke, he was just like, oh, my God, it's so nice to be able to speak to somebody who understands what I'm talking about. I don't have to kind of fumble for the words. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever, you know, whatever you need to do, whatever you need. So pretty cool people, too. So, yeah. Yeah, I've been I like called in as a translator once. <laughs> oh, really? Nice. And uh, I mean, it went fine. It was a, a painter. Okay. And it's just like need to relay. Hey, it was down at the shop. Yeah. When we were opening the the new location, just like this is what we're trying to go for. Right, right, right. And he pulled it off. I mean, the guy's phenomenal. And at the time, we were like, man, he is so good. He works so quick. And then I found out like six months or eight months later, he got busted for meth. And be like, well, oh, that kind of explains shit. it. But he banged out a job yeah. so fast. And it was, I mean, it still looks good all these years later. Right, right. So he did great work. And then it's kind of one of those that we found out about the meth. And you're like, yeah, but the work's so good. <laughs> so long as his health isn't affected, I think it's a you know net positive for all involved. Yeah, yeah. He gets to work more. We got a good job. Who's at, at harm here? Who does it yeah. hurt? Yeah, that's yeah. A fair point. who does it hurt? Uh, but clearly, him if he was abusing it, then <laughs> arrested for it. But right, right. yeah, when we found out, we we're like, I because we were trying to get him for uh, a, a friend of ours was needed a painter, and we we're like, dude, we got the guy, we got him. <laughs> and then we started, uh, we reached out to the person that introduced us to him, be like, oh, uh, no dice, uh, he is <laughs> he is indisposed. Um, he's busy right now. He is busy right now for the next few years. <laughs> so. I don't know if it was that severe. I think he just got busted with a little bit of meth on him. Uh, just sprinkle some meth on him and get on out of get, here. Get, get the hell out of here. <laughs> this black guy left pictures of himself everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I'll Johnson, uh, just sprinkle some crack on him. Let's get out of here. Let's go, Johnson. Oh, that, that bit is so good. Uh, the thing is. I did know I couldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite moment. <laughs> uh, ridiculous uh, over the top. Uh, laugh. That is uh, Dave Chappelle. Go watch his older specials. Uh, oh, yeah. Love him. Love him. Uh, 
All right. So um, anyway, we've, yeah. we're going to we're counting down these top 10 uh, uh, Disney animated films and uh, we're excited to do so. And these are not Pixar. So these are not Pixar. No, it's just Disney animated films. As we said, in honor of Encanto, and uh, we got into the Spanish discussion. Uh, I saw the film; it's fucking gorgeous. I got emotional. I recorded myself crying because I was like, "It's great!" Finally, after all these years on this earth, to see something like this that is very South American, that it kind of accentuates the culture and accentuates what we have, and supports it, and promotes it, and uplifts mm-hmm. it, and so it's so great. So I cannot recommend it enough. For you all to go see it from my own personal point of view and matt when you get a chance to see because i know you love animation i think you're really going to be blown away by the kind of animation they have in this movie i was i was shocked at some of the things they were the photorealism in the film is like beyond anything i've ever seen so sweet yeah looking forward to it i love a good animated film uh yeah we excluded uh pixar and then there's all kinds of different like uh, Disney distributed this but it was made by another production company that you can find that didn't count to me yeah. Um, so basically, anything from Walt Disney Studios was in contention. Yeah. Um, although technically now, so mm-hmm. I don't have say Ron's Gone Wrong. Oh right, no, I haven't seen that one. That's why I didn't. Neither have I. Yeah. But that yeah. they're owned by Disney. It's released from Searchlight, which is formerly Fox. Oh, interesting. Okay. So, so would that hypothetically count for you? I feel like it wouldn't because it's not sourced from Disney. So I, I agree. Right? So to me, I tried to be very clear. And Matt, please call out if anything on my list is not, and I didn't know about it. But I think everything on my list is sourced straight from Walt Disney Animation Studios because it's a different vibe. It's a different creative process. Yeah. So you can't, just because they're distributing it, you can't say they're a Disney animated film. I, I don't think so. I think you have to qualify. Um, Not of the rules that we set out right so right, we were right. saying disney animated so that's what we're going for on the show but i mean i I could have screwed it up uh hopefully it didn't miss anything i don't believe i did mm. but it's also 21 years of movies and yeah you can find a full a list on wikipedia of everything disney has released animated over that time right, um, right, right so right. it's entirely possible that missed something mm-hmm. uh, as i was going through that list um and there was uh you know i think legitimately about 12 movies in contention yeah i had about 12 to 15 yeah i I would agree with that or 10 to 15 movies that were in contention here yeah definitely um that i could make a case for did they were they going to kind of be on the list probably in the end no but there was only one or two that i thought well could have maybe made the list but in Mm -hmm. the end didn't so but everything else was still 15 is pretty good after out of 20 years i would say yeah i mean there's there's one massive one that is not on my list. Okay. Um, could be the biggest of the past 21 years. <laughs> but right. I wasn't a fan. Fair enough. Fair is that enough. on your list? I don't know. I don't know which one you're referencing. I, I'm pretty sure you do. Okay. All What's right. the biggest Disney movie of the past 20 years? Hands down. It's like not even close. There's one, and then all the others are trying to be that mm. successful. Well, maybe it'll show up on my list, so let's not let's not blow it too early. Maybe, maybe it will. There's no rush. There's no rush. It's had a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe a sequel that my partner JT should have watched. Maybe. Oh, did he screw up a question? <sighs> yeah, man. We were. Listen, I'm not calling out my brother. I'm not calling out my brother because we we I really enjoyed playing with him this year, man. I, he was so much fun to play. Yeah, with. he's a good dude. He is right, and he's yeah. got this like he's got this. Um, he's like a, what do you what, what do you call him? 
fuck, man. What does what does Simmons call those guys? Uh, uh, unconscious confidence. What does he call those? Irrational confidence. Oh, rational confidence. JT is an irrational confidence guy. Like he rarely gets rattled. He thinks he's going to win every match he walks into, and that kind of you kind of uh, grab onto that energy and play with it, and it works. I mean, sure. We had TKOs left and right as a tag team. It was great, um, uh, you know. Uh, but uh, in our match with Final Exam, which was which is Lon and Paul, um, JT missed one question that first round. I had a perfect round and got the extra bonus question. If JT had gotten the extra bonus question, we would have won by one point because they went to multiple choice on one of their questions in the second round. So we answered everything correctly, except JT missed that. Um, and he would have known the bonus, he said. But he missed that one, and it was two songs from Frozen Two, and he went Frozen instead of Frozen Two. So you know, yeah, it was no. a 50-50 shot. It's been on in the background at family yeah, yeah, gatherings, but I've never watched it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I wasn't a fan of the first one. Well, there you Although go. the songs are hooky as shit, <laughs> they are. They're real. I mean, they're great oh, songs. Yeah. They're good songs. They're better than the sequel songs. That's for damn sure. I don't care what anybody well, says. It's a it's a tough mountain to climb, though. It's true. It's very true. Um, but they um, the songs then got played out because every child nonstop wanted to hear it. Oh yeah, and sing it. So nonstop. glad, yeah, that I didn't have to live through too much of that. Just, <laughs> I always feel bad for parents. And uh, oh, we're watching this for the three hundred seventy fifth time this week, <laughs> and that's not even an exaggeration. It's like, yeah. oh my god, that's got to be mind numbing. <laughs> I mean, eventually they grow out of it, but for a few years, it's just like, I want to watch this again. You're like, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know that I did that because, well, we didn't get a VCR until I was, I don't know, like seven. Wow. Maybe eight, something okay. like that. All right. I still remember when my parents showed it to us. It was like a big dramatic. Mm. They opened the box and then we all started celebrating. We're like, oh my God, we got a VCR. And uh, the first movie we had was Tootsie for some reason. <laughs> so I watched Tootsie uh, along with a bunch of others. But Tootsie was the first one that I remember the VHS. I didn't even care. I was like, it's awesome. That's great. I love Dustin Hoffman. I'm seven. <laughs> How far can you pull back? How do you feel about Cleveland? Knock it off. <laughs> I love that exchange. That's my favorite exchange in the movie. Oh, love Tootsie. Anyway. So we're going to count down these top 10 films. Matt, I'll take it from here, if you don't mind. Okay. The way this works is uh, we come up with a topic amongst ourselves. Then we go off and uh, come up with our own top 10 lists, show up here to record without having told each other our top 10 lists. Then we count them down. We count them down uh, 10 through 8, uh, then 7 and 6, and then we go one apiece through the top 5 as we go along. And we do take a break between 6 and 5 for our sponsors, so just a little warning for any of you who might be trying us out for the first time. So, uh, Matt. Boom. Yeah, thank you, Matt. What do you got at 10? Roll reversals, buddy. Uh, at 10, I've got Bolt. Oh, nice. Dude, this, is what I'm, this was the cut. I really, you know what? It's a surprisingly good movie. Fuck that. I'm going to put it on there. All right. I uh, just knocked off. I'm going to put Bolt at 10. You talked me into it. Just, just I had putting exceedingly it on your low expectations going yes! into it. Right. Miley Cyrus, Cyrus and John Travolta. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not going to like And at that point, she was Hannah Montana, and he yeah. had, you know, this is quite a few years past the Pulp Fiction late 90s run. This is, yeah. you know, late, mid-2000s. Yeah, seven, this is when eight, Travolta nine. was doing weird stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
starting to really it wasn't quite the from Paris with love era. I think that was still another two, three years away. Yes. But yes. he was starting to skew towards that. Jesus, man, you can say no to jobs. <laughs> you don't have to turn into Bruce Willis. Um, yeah. Well, but, it, you know, it's a, it's a simple story. A, a girl and her dog and they get separated. Now he's only known like they shoot a TV show together, which is cute because you know, Miley Cyrus is the voice of the girl and she's right. grown up on a TV set. So it's kind of like a bolt on some level is her because he believes in the reality because it's always been presented to him as this is a real show. You are right. a real superhero type of thing. Right. But she's lived the Hannah Montana life. So I'm sure at some certain points it was tough to kind of divorce. Yeah. What was real and what wasn't as kid. Mm -hmm. uh, but then they get separated and he has to come to the realization that he's not superpower, but he's still loves her and wants to get back to her and right. protect her. And that's ultimately what he does. Yeah. And yeah. then they, uh, spoiler alert, they get out of the business. At the <laughs> very end. But it's in a nice cast between uh, both the dog and then he picks up that uh, cat that is a reluctant friend. Yes. Yeah. And then there's what, like a guinea pig or a hamster? Or yes. Something, a gerbil or something, right? Is it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some yeah, small, yeah. tiny little creature that jumps on. But they make a nice little band of uh, characters. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But I was thoroughly surprised. I thought this was going to be a throwaway, nothing Disney. And then I saw it long after it came out. I didn't go to the theater and watch it. Right. Uh, and I was like, that was really good. And unfortunately, you know, it didn't have, I guess, the pull with kids and whatnot. Because you could easily yeah. make a sequel to that. Although he gets out of the TV biz, so he's not really a superhero anymore. Right, right. Uh, but it's never really had the traction amongst Disney fans that yeah. numerous other properties have. It's really odd that it hasn't, you know, because it's such a it's such a cute little film, and um, I don't know, it's just fun. And like you said, it's really surprising how much you enjoy the movie. And I like the animation style; like the animation style is very interesting as well, you know. And the gerbil with his little ball and everything like that's so funny, you know. I think, just, I mean, anytime a movie like this flops, the first thing that anyone goes to is it wasn't a princess. Yeah, yeah, I guess. It's I mean Disney's formula is princess. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. there's a few on, on this list that both you and I really like that don't have anything to do with the princess. And yeah. yeah. It's the first thing people point to why it didn't do well. <laughs> like, yeah, I guess. Potentially. But I mean it is a young girl, a protagonist, trying to reunite herself with her dog. So you imagine that would appeal to a lot of young people. You yeah. have pets and what have you, but uh, yeah, but, yeah, but it's not exactly a prince lead, but it is a a you know a male yeah. dog, and there is a little girl, but she is a secondary character to Bolt because Bolt's the one that gets you know taken to the other side of the country and then has right. to you know fight his way back. Right, right. Susie Essman uh, is Mittens the cat. She's so funny as the voice of Mittens in the movie as well. So yeah. That's really good stuff. Who does like the him. gerbil hamster guinea pig? Is it? I think that's Mark Walton who's the voice of that. Um, okay. Because I mean, is there a name for that? Is he called? What's he called? Is he called Rhino in the film? What's he? I called? think so. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Then it's that. Then it's James. A uh, Mark Walton, rather, who does the the voice of that. Um, yeah, do I Rhino. Know Mr. Walton yep. from? Oh, uh, geez, I don't know. He's um, because that name doesn't jump off the page to me. Yeah, he's more of a voiceover actor. How? So, good for him. Yeah, yeah. And he's a storyboard artist. Oh, I'm sorry. No, he's a storyboard artist, not a voiceover actor. He's done storyboards for Tarzan, Emperor's New Groove, Home on the Range, 
uh, Romeo and Juliet, Epic, Turbo, Rio 2. Wow. So a storyboard artist, and I guess they just got him to do the voice uh, for um, Rhino. Somebody heard his voice and was like, this could be perfect. Yeah, It's like the kid in Up. He was a storyboard artist, and they liked his voice. When he's yeah. doing the scratch stuff, so it's like the assassination of Jesse James, the VO that you said. Oh that yeah, he's that an guy. editor. Yeah, it's like, dude, he got a good voice. If you got a good voice, you got a good voice. And the thing made three hundred ten million dollars in the box office. I know it's not, you know, a it's not epic, dollars. but it's still good. Yeah, for two hundred for two thousand eight, three hundred ten million dollars was a big deal. I would think, but so. you're not going to find a bolt anything at any Disney park. Yeah, probably not. I mean, maybe down at Disney World because there's so many parks and they have so much space to fill. But right, right, you're not going to find it here. Yeah, so funny. It's the same director who did a uh, Big Hero Six, Chris Williams. So interesting. That's maybe why I like it. Uh, all right, what's your nine, man? Uh, my nine is Atlantis. Oh yeah, that one. That was a rough cut, man. I had to kind of drop. I was between that and another one that I've got coming up. So go ahead, brother. I love Atlantis. Um, the Lost Empire. The Lost Empire. <laughs> the fabled Lost Empire that may or may not have existed if you believe the historical records that just slid <laughs> into the ocean at some point. <laughs> it's a great tale. Yeah. And people have been, uh, you know, on the search for it since it's, you know, uh, disappearance so to speak yeah i actually watched yeah. a documentary like uh during the start of the pandemic about somebody who believes they may have found and they just it's an interesting uh, archaeological site and really? it fits a lot of the uh points that are uh, archaeologically it makes hmm. uh, some sense and you okay. see it and you're like okay like uh, definitively i don't think you'll ever be able to prove any of it yeah but this is interesting nonetheless yeah. Yeah. Um, sort of visit this long lost civilization and to show up and they have like this weird advanced technology type of thing mm-hmm. uh, but the journey there the casting of uh, Michael J. Fox uh, and then you have um, I'll never remember his name but the guy that was on SNL that did the Italian priest oh yeah Don Novello there yeah. you go he's the demolitions expert right. they have this ragtag group of, of mercenaries um, yeah. all being basically led by somebody who's slightly nefarious mm-hmm. um but I, I like that i like the i was drawn to it just for the historical aspect and i thought it was an interesting yeah. gamble for uh disney because it's usually they stick to fairy tale type stuff yeah yeah so yeah. to go after a civilization that may or may not have ceased to exist uh was an interesting tack for them yeah and i think michael j fox does a, a good job bringing that character to life um so I've always liked it, but I understand why it doesn't really appeal to Disney's base. So it doesn't get the same kind yeah. of love. Yeah, it's such an unusual animated film within the Disney landscape, you know. And I think yeah. that's why maybe some, of, like you said, the, a lot of the Disney fans don't necessarily necessarily gravitate to this one. But I remember liking it, and I've seen it a couple times since, and I enjoy it. And you're right; it's an unusual voiceover cast because James Garner voices the kind of guy you're not sure about. Oh yeah, he does. Right, and then. That. And then you have Claudia Christian. This is Claudia Christian right around the time when people knew who Claudia Christian was because uh, she was in Babylon 5. And then Jacqueline Obradors, who's a, a, a Latina actress, I believe. David Ogden Steers is in this. Mm-hmm. John Mahoney, Jim Varney, and Leonard Nimoy. 
Oh, so it's yeah. an interesting combo of voices. Well, Nimoy yeah. plays the old man that's the head hmm. of, but I forgot about yeah. Varney. Yeah, Varney in this thing as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I got they got James Newton Howard to do the music, but yeah, this one didn't do anything. It was made for $120 million, but only made 186 at the box office. So unfortunately. Then and, and it, dude, it seems like the design of this and the uh, artifacts and the everything about it was really unusual and distinct, but it seems like it wasn't something that Disney fans necessarily gravitated to, you know, the look of it. No, and it, but it's a nice blend too of the mm. uh computer graphics with hand drawn. Yeah. You know, they started with Beauty and the Beast, and that was part of their rendering style. Yeah, yeah. Um so you know to bring the those crafts to life and the the energy source and all that jazz, mm-hmm. you can see where it's got a slightly cleaner feel to it. But I think it should too because it's an advanced technology. Yeah. Um, but it's a it's just a fun story, and if you've never seen, I mean, they made a direct to DVD or video or whatever mm, sequel. Yeah, they did. You're right. Uh, I have yeah. not seen that, uh, but if it was put on, I'd happily watch it. Right. Right. Um, Thomas Schumacher, who was the president of Disney, said at the time, it seemed like a good idea at the time to not do a sweet fairy tale, but we missed. Yeah, they're, they're in the business of fairy tales. Yeah, true. Um, all right. Uh, what's your eight? My eight is Lilo and Stitch. That's my nine. All right. Let's do this. Originally was higher and then I bumped it, you know, reordering. Yeah. I had it at five when I started initially doing the list and then it kept going down. So I... I'm in the same boat as you on this. Yeah. I had it, uh, yeah, roughly either five or six. And mm-hmm. then I reordered a couple times and it kind of eh, got bumped down a little bit here and a little bit there. Eh, eh, bumped down. Eh. Eh. Um, I do love that you can go back, you can find on YouTube side by sides of the edits they made post 9 11. Because that big spaceship flies through a city area and whatnot. Right. And I think the movie came out not too long around. Yeah, that I time think it was right around so you that can, time. It's two thousand one. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it might have come out like right before, and then on DVD release, they went back and changed a few mm-hmm. things, mm-hmm. Uh, so they don't have this big spaceship flying through buildings and everything, uh, just to be a little bit more sensitive to everything that was going on. Uh, but I mean, it, a great addition to the mm-hmm. Disney universe. Yeah, of it's still it's not quite princess, but you are following a little girl, and it's her older sister, and their parents are gone. Her older sister is doing her best to raise her, yeah, and stop child protective services from taking her from them. And uh, part of that is they go to to adopt a dog, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> Stitch is impersonating a dog because he got caught, and goes home with him and whatnot. But then it becomes this big raucous journey. Just such a great character. It's like a he's over the top aggressive, but at the same time, like every once again, he'll melt your heart. Yeah. Uh, but you know that he's got these, if he wants to un- unleash these pennywise like teeth, and it's just this line of back and forth. Yeah. And it's a sweet thing at the end where he's getting ready to be taken away and he manages to convince you know his his galactic overlords <laughs> that he should stay because he's part of their family and it's a nice resolution to the overall and it's a good message from from disney and that family comes from unlikely places sometimes yeah yeah uh but the love is true and genuine 
I agree. Uh, the family aspect of it all is really well done in the film. And once again, unusual animation, the kind of more circular animation combined with the jaggedness of the teeth and whatever in the, the mouth. And it's very interesting animation. Uh, and Stitch is an unusual character. And this animation feels like animation from back in the 40s. It almost feels like it's got that kind of vibe to it. Uh, and then you throw in the Elvis stuff, which I think is incredible. And then kind of the E.T. vibes about, you know, having to you know, sure. them coming after him and, and whatever. And is he going to go home or not? So a lot of it, I really uh, I love the film. It's so much fun and enjoyable. I just don't it's not it's not one that I go back to and watch a couple to- a few times, which is why it's lower on my list. Yeah. But still, it was a hell of a film and it made two hundred and seventy five million dollars off an 80 million dollar budget. So that's a hit. And people love Lilo and Stitch. man. Mm-hmm. I I agree. That's why I kept getting bumped down. It was like, how often do I go back to watch it at this point? Yeah. 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 Agreed. Um, okay. So that was your eight, my mm-hmm. nine. Uh, so my 10 was Bolt, like we said. So my eight uh, is Treasure Planet. That's a punt. Okay. It's wow. not even a question. That, that's a punt. That I, can't, I can't believe that's an eight for you. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. All right. What's your seven? Uh, my seven is tangled. Uh, that's my six. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It so this was part of the reordering. It was a little higher, and then it got mm-hmm. lower, and then I, you know, ultimately placed it here. Yeah. I think it's really fun. Yeah, it's a great uh, spin on Rapunzel. Um, the mom character. If mm. it's a it's a phenomenal twist on her that she is maintaining her. And the mom-like character, I guess right. I should say, uh, maintaining her youth by entrapping her in there. Um, great voiceover work, yeah. Uh, yeah. From tons of people involved, that lantern scene is oh, just man. gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on film, yeah. I would love. I've always wanted to see some sort of you know light festival. Like there was one in India that's their annual light festival, like a week mm-hmm. ago, a week and a half ago. And I think one city does the big lanterns and whatnot. And every time I see those, I'm just like God, I would love to to be there for any of those across Southeast Asia. Yeah, it's got to look so cool. It's just tens of thousands of those things just going up in the air. But that's where the animation really complements, gives an awe inspiring within the story. Yeah, um, like the vividness of her hair. Yeah, still stands oh, yeah. out. But it's, they also use it in fun ways as she's down and she's swinging. Mm-hmm. She's kind of out of the house for the first time and trepidatious, but then just becomes like the exuberance and yeah. the joy that sparks across her face. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's a nice pairing against the malevolence of the the mom. Right. I agree. I mean, this was Mandy Moore at a time where I was like, uh, you know, like her time has passed. Like she's not that good of an actress and she's like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Her music's okay. How, you know, how I don't know if she's the right choice for this. And then you watch the movie and you're like, oh, my God, she's incredible. She did such a great job voiceover wise as an actress. And I also think this is one of those things that kind of got her back in the public public consciousness. And then, boom, uh, the story, whatever it is, the us, whatever, this is us or whatever, comes along a few years later. And she's back to being a household name in a big way. So, yeah. Um, and incredibly, I met her one time at a Critics' Choice Awards a couple of years ago. Beautiful woman, striking. She's tall. You're just like, oh my god, is so, she? Yeah, yeah. I was surprised. Um, so, um, you know, so I, I enjoyed speaking with her for a few minutes. She's really nice. And so this whole, but very, you can tell, steely. She's very steely. So there's like a 
a veneer to her that she has kind of groomed to survive in in Hollywood. But the voice she does here is great. And Zachary Levi is fantastic. As you said, the voiceover work here from both of them. The songs really work. The story has a lot of symbolism to it. You know, this idea of wanting to keep a child, a child as long as possible, because then you don't have to grow up yourself. So that idea of like, if she stays in the tower, she doesn't have to be her age, the mom, all of that. And then going out into the real world, wanting to have adventures and the beautiful and crazy things that can happen. And also not judging a book by its cover like they had in the bar with all those uh, supposedly. Oh, yeah, the ruffians. Yeah, the ruffians in the bar, which is great. You know, and so, so much of it is it's such a fun, uh, sweet, awesome, fantastic film that will surprise you when you watch it because you anticipate it's just going to be one of these princess films. But there's a, there's a lot more going on um, uh, throughout the film, which is great. And they had not one but two animal sidekicks that work really well. Yeah, that's the right, horse, the horse and the chameleon. Yes. Usually it's one. <laughs> um that works really well. And this one's just like, man, they got they got two excellent ones out of this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. There's Let's, one further up on my list and be like, oh, you have two as well. I think one succeeds glowingly. Yeah. The other one's fine. Yeah. Uh yeah, I did a girl one time. Um before I got with Lily, one of the girls I dated one time for a few weeks, she was obsessed with that lantern scene. She had it like all over her bedroom. Mm-hmm. Like she had pictures of it and like things on her wall. It was interesting. It was like the obsession of that lantern scene. But you know, I mean, it's pretty. It's pretty beautiful. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. It does affect people for sure. Um, all right. So then, what's your six? Uh, my six is could be. Uh, you might be saying, I guess, technically punt. Okay. But, but it's Ralph Breaks the Internet. Uh, I did not put it on my list. So go ahead. Well, do you want to? Did you put the other? Yes. Do you want to save the overall sure. Ralph discussion for the other? Yes, we can. We can. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Um, so then my number seven is Emperor's New Groove. That's also a punt. Like, what are you oh. doing, dude? What are you doing? Look at what this. are you doing? Very interesting. Uh, do your eyeballs work? You know what I mean? <laughs> well, you know, this is your category. I, I obviously I I uh, acquiesce like, to you. Yeah, what are you looking for in a movie? Good time? Because that's what my list delivers that's in the proper mine. order. Going into the top five. Um, all right. Well, we should take a break here. Hear from our sponsors, Matt, before we jump into our top fives. Um, and we'll do that right right now. All right, there you go. Thanks to all our sponsors here who uh, uh, help us keep the show going. Uh, we left off with Matt Nost's number five. So, Matt, what do you got? Uh, my five is Zootopia. That is my four. Okay, let's do this. It's So the first time I saw it, uh, I've seen it twice now. Yeah. And I was like, that was good. Mm-hmm. And then watched it again, um, you know, with some young, uh, you know, nieces, nephews situation. Yeah. And I was like, this is much better than I gave it credit for initially when I watched it. The Godfather shrew scenes <laughs> where they're in front of, you know, these big polar bears come in and the yeah. bunny, uh, what is that? It hops? What is Judy hops. Yeah. Judy hops. Yeah. She's asking Bateman's Fox character. is like, is that Mr. Big? And he's like, shut up. And then next one comes in, it's a little bit bigger, and she's like, that's definitely in, shut up. And then this huge one comes in, it's like, undoubtedly, this has to be it. And then they put this tiny little 
true on that is a beautiful, respectful homage to the original Godfather. Yeah. It's so good. And then it's like, uh, then the they're about to get killed, and the daughter runs in and said, "Judy's the one that saved her the day before." It's a very like training day. Yeah, where almost got killed ends up. Hey, why do you have this ID uh, by happenstance? Yeah, um, which weirdly in training day to me seems a skosh ridiculous. Whereas in Zootopia, I'm like, ah, it seems believable because if we're talking about talking animals, right? I don't make as great a distinction for the logic. Yeah, as I do in something like training day. But anyway. It's got a, so many scenes like that over and over and over. And then I like the idea that it's the flip on the head of Jenny Slate's uh, lamb character mm-hmm. is really the one that's the puppet master yeah. all along. <laughs> it's, a, it's a nice twist. I did not see it initially coming, which yeah, is saying something because that's all I do in a movie is try and guess. Right, right. Here's where I think this is going and whatnot while simultaneously <laughs> enjoying it, usually. Uh, but great voice casting across the board. Mm-hmm. Idris Elba, J.K. Simmons, Jenny Slate, Bateman. Uh, yeah. God, who is the lead? She's like a TV actress. Oh, Jennifer she? Goodwin. Yeah, Jennifer, Jennifer Goodwin. Goodwin. She was the first wife in Walk the Line. The first Johnny. Cash oh, that's Walk right. The, the one that uh, he leaves. Yeah. yeah. For Reese Witherspoon. And she was in. What was the uh, he's just not that into you? That film. She was the lead in that as well. So yeah, I never saw that. Yeah, yeah, neither have I. <laughs> Uh, but she was she mainly on TV? Why do I think of her as a TV actress? Yeah, kind of. Uh, she was in that show. What was it? Um, damn, what's the name of that show she was on? She's like a CWWB actress to me. Yeah, what is it? Big Love? Right, she was on Big Love on HBO. Okay. Um, then she was on Once Upon a Time for a long time. Um, yeah, Why Women Kill. That's pretty much. And then on film, she did Mona Lisa Smile, went a date with Tad Hamilton, which is where I first saw her the first time. Walk the line. He's just not that into you. A single man. Yeah, I've seen some of this, but I haven't seen a good yeah. chunk of it. Zootopia was the last kind of feature film, it seems like, according to IMDb or Wikipedia, that she was on. So clearly just fine doing TV, my man. So I hear what you're saying. Yeah, the, I mean, the film has a resonance where I saw pictures of people dressed up as the sloth at the DMV. There was a picture yeah. of somebody at a DMV, yes. and they were allowed to come in costume, and they dressed as a sloth. <laughs> um, That's a great scene. That, that is, is a fantastic scene. scene. I wish they hadn't released that in the trailer or anything. Oh, you just yeah. had to experience it in the theater, because I think it would have been even better. <laughs> because it's, you know, the DMV's never been that bad for me. Right. Uh, but it can be. It can be, although out here you can schedule your appointment, and so long as you're scheduled, you get in and out pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. If you have to go and wait, which I haven't had to do in a very long time, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure it takes much, much longer. Well, being a part of the AAA, it can be even quicker if you go to one of their offices. I, I've had my registration renewed. I've had my license uh, renewed. All of it uh, there at the AAA, like within 20 minutes. It's great. Mm-hmm. Way way better than the DMV. But yeah, this is a good combo of um, uh, established voiceover actors as well. Because you got uh, Phil, uh, sorry, Maurice Lamarche in this. John DiMaggio is in this. Uh, Rich Moore is in this. These are people that work all the time. Uh, even Kristen Bell has a cameo in this as as the co worker of the sloth there in that scene. 
So and Shakira, yeah, is in this. Shakira, Shakira the is, yeah, and provides She's a good great. song too. Yes, she does. Yes, she does. Um, Tudek is in this. Tommy Chong, as of course. Tudek is is turned into basically their Ratzenberger. Yeah, that's a good for point. Disney Animation. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he ends up in now every project in some capacity. It seems like. <laughs> But I love Jenny Slate, man. I mean, that's a talk about just completely taking a shitty situation and turning it around for your career and, you know, being successful and, you know, saying that F word on SNL and, you know, people still bring it up. I saw her get interviewed about it and she was like, people still bring it up. I don't know why people bring it up. I went home. I ate a whole pizza. I drank two bottles of wine. I woke up the next morning and said, okay, I got to get a job. Yeah. I got to move on. I got to move on. And it's very healthy, dude. Very healthy. And simultaneously, it's like I, it doesn't seem like a fireable offense. Yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, of all places, you think you might get away with saying, yeah, that. the edgy, yeah. hip Saturday yeah. Night Live. Yeah. Maybe, you know, keep her off air for a few weeks. Right. But let then people, it only die down. Yeah. yeah. And then it only adds more buzz when she comes back. Yeah, exactly. It only helps you, at least in that first episode. Yeah. And you could do a sketch about her almost saying it. Yeah, that's true. That would yeah, be, and that's, it's like, oh, look that's at how this. You turn it around. Yeah, yeah, and then you just never <laughs> reference it ever again. Just move past. <laughs> Unless NBC was already in trouble with the FCC for something. Maybe. Maybe. Um, so but she's done fine. Gesture. She's done Yeah, no, fine. she has. She has worked yeah. consistently since then. Yeah. She was even dating Chris Evans for a while. So shout out to Jenny Slate. I didn't know that. Good for you. Yeah, good for you. Great. Lizzo, for you. Uh, Lizzo probably doesn't uh, much care for that, you know? I love that she drunk tried to slide into his DMs. Good for you. Oh, man. <laughs> it's good stuff. Are you kidding me? Get it, Lizzo. Get it. Get it. Hell yeah. Get America's ass. <laughs> oh, man. All right. <laughs> then, uh, so my number five is one that came out uh, earlier last year Raya and the Last Dragon. I haven't seen it yet. I heard oh. bad things. I heard From bad who? things. From who? Well, I, so I only good. read reviews. I don't, you know, watch. So technically okay. when I say I heard bad things, it's just like, okay, well, I read on Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes and a few other places that it was not that oh, good. I loved it. Really? I absolutely loved it. Yeah. I Talk to me. Great. Speak to me. Why was it so good? Well, because to me, the story here, it's a very um, uh, cultural story, obviously uh, told here with Asian story here. And you, and I think, uh, um, sorry, what's her face? Um, Kelly Marie Tran does a fantastic job as the lead character, kind of exploring going on this journey here because her father has turned to stone. There's this evil that's across the land and she's got to fight this evil in order to restore her father, restore the land to bring, bring, uh, how can I say this? Bring, have everything flourish again, like it did in the past. So yes, maybe there are some shades of stuff you've seen before, but the animation style is fantastic. Aquafina is funny as the last dragon throughout the whole movie. Maybe that's what graded on some people that are not the biggest fan of Aquafina. Um, and I enjoyed the look of it overall from top to bottom. I just really enjoyed the look of it. So I was really okay. surprised that anybody would say anything negative about this. That's thing. that's, I mean, I could be wrong. I could be mm-hmm. misremembering, but I could swear at the time when it came out, the general consensus was, Hey, Ron tomatoes has it at 94%, Matt. So <sighs> what's the audience score? Did I say, look at the, what did I, <laughs> I don't know. What's the audience score. I swear the, to God. I remember it just getting like a meh across the board on Maybe Metacritic. It's, it's 75 out of a hundred on Metacritic. That's still and, good enough to watch. And cinema score has it as an A. So 
I never look at cinema score. Is that a good one? I don't know. I don't like to look at cinema score. I I metacritic is honest, but too honest sometimes. All right. I think it's honest. Whereas Rotten Tomatoes could be the worst for television because everything is 100%. Is it really? Oh, Oh, no. I I mean, so many shows are, it's 100%. And you're like, are you fucking kidding me with this? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Whereas they're, they're, Movies, I think, yeah, pretty consistently are in the ballpark of, mm-hmm. I think, what general consensus is. Every once in a while, it's like a they loved it, audience hate it, or they hated it, audience loved it situation. Mm-hmm. But that's pretty rare. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some, people, some of that you can count for fanboying and whatever else. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Like what happened with um, Eternal. Some people went after it because it had a, a gay character in the movie and it's like come on y'all grow the fuck up man you know, yeah judge, judge it on its merits for god's sakes i haven't watched it yet because i know so many yeah. different people that have seen it and said it, it is eternal it is <laughs> two hours of boring it's actually an hour and 50 minutes of boring in the last 10 minutes they try and fucking yeah. blow your mind with quick action and then they're out i'm like that sounds terrible yeah there's yeah it, it, it it's a divisive film for sure there's some like it's, i've heard that from so mm-hmm. many different people, basically yeah. that gist of a description. Am I going to eventually watch it? Yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I am looking forward to other things in the theater and I'll just like, I'll save my time on that one. Yeah. I'm not, I've seen it twice now. I don't, I don't I'm not in any rush to see it a third time. You know, eventually Lindley and I will have to watch it for the, the show we do on stereo on Saturdays. Cause we do the, where we're watching all the Marvel stuff. Yeah. But aren't now you we're out caught at this up. Point? We're caught yeah. almost. We got to get through Loki. We're about to start Loki. Oh, you're doing the TV shows too. Yeah, and okay. TV shows. So right. So once we finish Loki, I think we'll do Eternals because that's enough time for people to have watched it, and then then we'll jump into Hawkeye, and that might be like current. We might do an episode a week to week. Hawkeye. Well, that would yeah. make sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, that looks boring as shit to me, but that's just what. Me. Oh, you're crazy. That's me projecting on the Hawkeye character. I will tell you this. Oh that yeah, Spider-Man trailer looks Ooh, pretty excellent. Right. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And the crit- criticism I've seen uh, on Twitter, at least, is that looks more like a Doctor Strange movie. Like, that's not a bad thing, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. It's not. People I'm not saying I didn't so like the Spider-Mans, but it's, people it could be so an mad awesome marriage. Yeah, and, and people are so mad, Matt. It's just like Iron Man showing up in the first one, right? People are so mad because they they there's like, Spidey can stand on his own. He doesn't need to have other MCU people along. It's like, eh, I don't mind it. I like it actually. No. I think it's a new approach to this to the character. Yes. And it works. Yeah. It's very rare when any of the Marvel characters at this point stand alone. Yeah. Super rare. Right. Usually there is some sort of crossover, even if it's just for a stinking cameo. Yeah. I mean, look at Shang-Chi. Uh right. Wong comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's a um, part of it. Certainly Eternals, there's no there's conversations, but they don't but there's it's a no so direct way, yeah right exactly no direct but it's it's yeah essentially hatching or, or constructing out a whole new world you know so it's crazy um all right so let's move on to our next thing where, where are we at whose turn is it i forget oh yeah uh, four right well that was my five yeah so what was your five did we do your five we just did your five we did my five was raya so what was your four oh, right. my four is moana that's my three all right great songs yeah Oof. I mean, just great song. You want to talk about like basically the animated version of Rocky when she's like, I that fucking just gets you going, man. Every yeah. time I hear that, it's just like that is a good song. And then you're welcome from yes. the rock. The That's song. fun. 
did the idea of his tattoos coming to life and whatnot. <laughs> That's a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, this could be the rock's best movie. Whoa. Whoa. Slow what down. else? Uh, Slow down. Man. The rundown. What else are we talking about? Jumanji. You going all the way back to the rundown. Those are yeah. the three. What, what, what Jumanji. has he done? That? Jumanji, the rundown, Moana. Every what? single fast and furious movie. Well, he's only in. First off, little brother, <laughs> you need to come back for ten. And let me that, teach you some of my my that technique. Punk, that little punk talking his shit about the rock. Yeah, I, I hope he's it pisses the rock punk, off, man. And he doesn't yeah. come back. I no, really he hope shouldn't he does. come back. The rock, Hobbs and Shaw made a crap ton of money. He doesn't need to come back. Well, there, I, I read uh, somewhere that. He would come back if it, he could use that as leverage with the producers to guarantee another Hobbs and Shaw or potentially two Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, yeah. All right. Maybe because it doesn't sound like he wants to deal with the uh, Vin or Tyrese yeah. or I think those are the only two he has. But Tyrese is out of control, man. Uh, uh, just leave the rock alone, man. It's all jealousy. I don't. I think it's jealousy. I think it's full on jealousy. One hundred percent, right? They're all like, "I'm a better actor than The Rock. I should be more successful than The Rock." Rock's over here, like, "Man, I'm just doing my thing, dog." And clearly, yep. there's something I'm doing that a lot of people like, and something you're doing that not enough people like. You know what it's so, called? It's called charm. Yeah, charm. He is utterly charming. He is, man. Uh, and he's and he's authentic. You know what I'm saying? Like, you sense that this is a guy who really, like, um came from nothing to create all the things he's creating and he's a smart businessman dude like everything he gets in almost everything he gets involved in makes money almost everything he's always yeah. working so yeah yeah no he's he's done exceptionally well for himself yeah yeah i, I think jumanji's in the conversation central intelligence for me is in the conversation i know it's not one of your favorites i know i have never seen it oh okay i kevin hart doesn't make me laugh oh, how dare you but no, I get it. I get why Matt, he's he trying does. really hard. He's giving you forty movies a year. He's trying really hard to make. Yeah, and I, it's not like I don't like him. Right, right. Uh, it just you know, <laughs> comedy is very subjective, and it's just like I I understand why people mm-hmm. like and get it, and it resonates. Um, just not my cup of tea. Yeah, but I mean, it's probably my racism too. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh Jesus! The, no, no one's saying that. It's always I. You know, I like a good white comedian. I, I say publicly that Chappelle's my favorite comedian of all time, but that's just to get people off my back, <laughs> off the scent. Yep, just throw them off the scent. Uh, <laughs> that's genius. David Duke's cousin has an amazing comedy oh album. <laughs> Yikes. I, I'll get it for you. You can't buy it in stores. Let's just no say thanks. that much. It comes in a brown sack. Oh, terrible. No, thanks. Yeah, no, th- um, I can't even fathom what that would be. Well, I can't terrible. fathom what it would be. I don't want to Yeah, I think we're taking any of that. <laughs> but Moana, anyway, Moana, yeah, great um, um, film that kind of gets, like you said, get that feeling of a young girl coming into her own, finding her power, finding her strength, you know, having a really strong connection to her heritage, to her family. Um, and uh, going out there to try to kind of stop this uh, uh, God from doing the things that he's doing. Uh, and then you got the chicken with Alan Tudyk doing the voice of the chicken, the rock with what he's going through. I love the 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 crab, you know, uh, mm. Tomatoa, I think his name was, Jermaine Clement. That song, Shiny, that's a fucking good song. I have that on my iPod. I love that song. Shiny. Yeah, the, this is the movie I was alluding to earlier with all the extra 
uh, animal characters. The pig, yeah. I think, is fine. Oh, yeah, the pig. Right, right. I forgot Whereas the chicken is pretty excellent. Yeah. And I love the, if you've ever seen the behind the scenes of Tudyk doing his voiceover and be like, yeah. I went to Juilliard. And then he does <laughs> a rooster. And you're like this. I love that you understand everything about this. You see it from what you see it for what it is and you don't give a shit. You're like, I'm here to have fun. Uh, but yeah, he is there. Yeah. Good luck charm. And it's 3d computer animated. So it's got like a lushness to it that you haven't seen before in any other film. The, it wasn't that long ago, Matt, when people were like, we did water. Like animated, oh, yeah. like we did water. Well, now you got a that whole and fire, and, yeah, and fire, smoke. Right. Yeah, it's like really complex. As simplistic mm-hmm. as it is, it's exceedingly complex. Even hair, yeah, right. When, I mean, with tangled and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, when uh, Monsters Inc. came out, and they were talking about Sully's hair and how All much right. rendering time it took, and they had to write new programs for it and yeah. the realism of it. Uh, yeah, but I, you can spot it when it looks bad. Yeah, yeah. So taking that extra time, it makes a difference. It's one of my favorite memories as an actor, man, was uh, booking the scratch track for this film, getting to go to the Walt Disney Animation Studios, getting to be directed by John Musker and Ron Clements for an hour and a half doing The Rock's lines because they wanted to pitch the movie to The Rock. So I went in there as a Rock sound-alike because I had auditioned for it through William Moore's at the time. Mm. And, I mean, they paid me $200. It was nothing. I thought that's you get yeah full. It's got to be a union job. No, non-union job. Walk in there, get a couple hundred bucks, and just record the scratch because it's a scratch track. It's not going anywhere. Except yeah, but for the rock to listen to. You're on the so, studio lot. It's yeah. for a oh, full movie. You would yeah. think in this instance, it's amazing how they can get around. Yeah, and classify as non-union on occasion, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, getting to look, it was a nice. I mean, getting to be directed by those guys who've directed like uh, uh, Beauty and the Beast and I think Little Mermaid as well, it was great. So, and seeing all the animation ahead of time, knowing the story, the story changed a lot from what I did. So, mm-hmm. clearly, it was still in the process of changing around what they were going to do. But, uh, yeah, doing, I mean, it was, and it was nerve wracking, Matt, because I mean, you're with incredible professionals and you're like, I just, aud- I didn't even want to audition for it because I'm like, I don't. I can't. I can only do the rock like the rock in the wrestling thing as a playful I- imitation, not a full-on impression. Yeah. And but my agent was like, "No, no, just submit it. Just submit it." Yeah. Why not? Like, I'm not gonna do it. I don't want to. And she finally, the last, it was like a, a two hours before the deadline. She's like, "Will you fucking record it? Just submit it." I'm like, "All right." I, I did like twenty lines, and then submitted it, and they got and they hired me, and I was like fucking shocked. So then when I got in there, I was so nervous to try to sound like the rock. And when you're nervous, you take any little like look or word or whatever if and you can question yourself so it was a whole process man but i loved being in there and i thought to myself man one day i would love to consistently be coming back and do something and who knows it's still you know i'm still somewhat relatively young for the voiceover game so who knows we shall see oh yeah i don't yeah. i think it's pretty timeless yeah yeah it can be but it was a yeah, nice experience it, so depending on what the character is yeah <laughs> Well, it's, it's, no it's like if you old. do some young, buoyant voice for a yeah. character after 20 years, it's like yeah, your vocal cords can't really yeah. pull off what you once could. I envy those ladies who can you know, do the kids' voices up until their 50s and 60s. It's pretty incredible. Like Yardley Smith, um, mm-hmm. right? She does Lisa, and What's-Her-Face does um, Bonnie Cartwright does Bart. And she's like in her 60s, 70s, man. It's incredible. 
Anyway, um, all right. So that was your four. Correct. So my four was Zootopia. Okay. We uh, talked my, about it. So my then, three is yeah. Big Hero 6. That is my two. Ooh, interesting. Interesting. Oh, dude, so you have that other one. Maybe I don't have the other one. Maybe you don't. Because my three is Moana, so your th- your three is Big Hero 6, which is my two. Yeah, your deuce. Mm-hmm. So maybe uh, I missed one, or maybe I don't like one that you like as much. So we shall see. Oh! Quite possibly. Your punt. It's the punt from earlier, isn't it? Wow, that is... Wow, Matt. Okay. I mean, we got two spots left after this Big Hero 6. Yeah, I mean... This film is how there hasn't been an entire franchise of this is beyond me. They're finally coming out with another one. Yes. Bay, but it's going to be a uh, Baymax, TV yeah. show. Is it? Yeah. Baymax. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it has been a TV show. There was a three year run of a TV show that just wrapped up, I think, earlier this year or last year. So but it was on Disney Channel. So it was just like it was a show. Um, but yeah, the fact that there hasn't been multiple sequels of I, Big Hero 6, considering it's a Marvel property, is pretty surprising. Uh, yeah, released by Disney, so it's their first big, huge superhero mm-hmm. in animation. It was successful. Yes. Um, you know, I went as uh, Baymax for Halloween right. that year. Gave you the costume, but I had <laughs> so many kids. Yeah, I don't know, you know, you, you stole it from me in essence. I, what? And uh, I gave it to you. I loaned it to you, and yet it has disappeared. I don't, I don't like know, Atlantis before, and now it's just a fable <laughs> that we tell our children that it once existed. Uh, I had so many kids yeah. run up to me, awestruck, mm-hmm. just blown away because I I did it for my nephew and niece down in San Diego. So we were right. in a neighborhood where there were hundreds of kids running around, and I had numerous run up and give me a hug. Oh, like unannounced, just run up and just, yeah. hey, Baymax, and like grab onto my leg or something. And awesome. uh, yeah, you feel weird at first. And you're like, Are they just in that, hey, I'm not trying to be weird with your kid, even though right. the parents didn't take it that way, but you're in your right. own head. Right, right. It happened to me one time. Uh, we went to Disneyland one year. Catherine and I have a tradition going to Christmas, although we're breaking it. Oh, uh, uh, Disney's just getting greedy. Yeah, dude, it's a lot of money now. It's a lot of money, and now if you want the fast pass, you have to pay for it, and yep. there's tiers on the system, and you're like, man, fuck off. You're already charging <laughs> like $200 for the day, and now you want extra money on top of it to take advantage of a system that's always been in place. Like, it's, this is gross. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's a 15-year tradition, and we're not doing it. It's like, nope, not going to happen. <laughs> not going to feed into your bullshit. But I had kids... It. Uh, it was either three or four times it literally ran head first into my crotch oh yikes and Catherine was like what is going on with your crotch today and i'm like i don't know i'm just because it i'd just be standing there and the kid just run up and barrel right into it <laughs> so it reminded me of that i turned to her and it's like this is like disneyland what the <laughs> hell's going on um but know, to man. see the light in their eyes yeah. it's like how has this not been made into more movies is beyond me. It's a fun story. It's unique. Yeah. It's a great, you know, the the loss of the older brother, and then the character comes to represent that older brother. Yeah. Uh, and then the journey that they go on and the growth of the characters overall, and they get a bunch of great humor and action out of the movie. Uh, the side characters are all interesting and unique. I don't know. Yeah. It just seems like a no-brainer to me. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was surprised as well. And um, it does, it tells a fantastic story. You've got great voiceover work as, as you stated here. Uh, and it made like almost $700 million. It made almost $700 million. That tells you the kind of love that people had for this movie and, and the families and the kids that want to keep going back and watch it. It's inventive. It's real. Like you've got that, you know, the, you got the pretty sad storyline of him losing his brother in that way and dealing with yeah. grief and how Baymax helps him deal with grief. And then that final video he plays of his brother. Oh my God, that's devastating. And you've got a villain that is kind of understandable. Like you get why yeah. his motivations he, make sense. Yeah, they do. And you're like, wow, shit, I, I, I didn't like him. But then now when you say this, I'm like, ah, I can understand the frustration and what have you. And what he did to try to get his daughter back. It's crazy. So there's so much inventiveness in this film that I mm -hmm. thoroughly, thoroughly love. And I love the Baymax character, man. I got so emotional watching that movie all the time because it's just so good and so real. Um, and there's such a genuine desire to help, you know, throughout the movie and the kid, when he's processing it, you see him go through that journey. And so much of that journey is filled with so much emotion that you can't help, but cheer for the kid, even when he's off base or when he's like, and when Baymax turns, Oh yeah. my God, that really throws you for a loop. So as I said, there's just so much inventiveness and twists and turns throughout that keep you excited about the film and constantly wondering where we're going next, you know? Uh, it's not often that you can create a franchise like that. Yeah. And to then not take advantage of it when the public is clearly intrigued. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hopefully the TV shows get good and it hooks a whole new generation of kids to a very yeah. fun, you know, original movie. Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch it. I hope it's good as well. Um, it'll be interesting to see how many of these characters come back and how many of the voices come back, you know, because uh, it is, in, in essence, it is an Asian, you know, led story, but there weren't a lot of Asians uh, in the cast, you know. Mm. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see how that uh, goes about. Uh, all right. Where are we up to now, my man? Uh, well, let's see. We've done your three and now your two, right? Yes, we've done my four, three, and two. So, so my deuce is Treasure Planet. Uh, go ahead, my man. Take it the, away. The punt from earlier. Yeah, my number eight. Um, Something's wrong eight. with eyes, apparently. I, Here we go. Here we go. It's such a great adaptation. Mm -hmm. No doubt. Of the original book source material. And this is one of the ones I ever, first ever heard the We Didn't Have a Princess. Yeah. And that's one of the leading reasons why it failed. Uh, but it's a, a just a gorgeous update on Treasure Island, yeah. Uh, to take it into a more you know futuristic kind of tone, but still set in the past because the ships for some reason look like old galleons, yeah, and whatnot. It's this weird hodgepodge that somehow for me works exceedingly well. Uh, I mean, perhaps it was, you know, the, it's Joseph Gordon-Levitt on the main voice, and he was just coming off of 30 Rock, so he didn't have, or 30 yeah. Rock, rather, didn't have quite the pull, and then it's, what, David Hyde Pierce is a voice. Like, it's not the the most star-studded of cast, but I think the, right. the story and idea itself are so unique. Um, and it's a, I don't know, because it's such a departure from what Disney does, maybe yeah. that's why it stands out so much to me. Okay. Um, but I, yeah. I love it. The, the bond that he has, the young kid with Blackbeard and the, the yeah. betrayal there. I felt that still yeah. feel it when I watch it now. Um, 
because he needs a father figure. That's what he's missing. And he thinks he finally found one that ultimately this guy doesn't want to deviate from his motivations, but it tears him apart a little bit too. Yeah. And this push and pull from uh, both of them, I just, I don't know. I just think it succeeds. Plus it's another movie where I think the computer animation adds to really adds to some of the storytelling elements. Yeah. Um, gives, you know, the, scope and size that would be difficult to do not impossible but difficult to do in hand-drawn yeah uh it's easier to render in a computer to keep pulling off the same kind of uh you know crispness over and over and over again for these big you know set pieces because it back in the day just be like a matte painting and then things move over top of it yeah I think Treasure Planet and Atlantis are two of the ones, and, and we've spoken about this on the show, Matt, so we're not breaking any new ground with this, but like, just to reiterate that, these are the two of the most underappreciated Disney films. And when you speak to some people who love movies, they feel the same way. Like, There's a real strong contingent of people who uh, stump for Atlantis and stump for Treasure Planet. Because as you said, it's a fantastic interpretation of the classic novel in space. And it doesn't always doesn't when you try to put stuff in space it doesn't always transfer over and work no. but it does here and that's what i find to be really great about the movie overall and it works and like you said you feel um the uh that betrayal you feel that he's like you know he's excited to be a part of this thing and what it all leads to and then what it ends up what it ends up becoming is is um a big shock and it's great voiceover work throughout an inventive look of the animation as well mm-hmm. through the different sequences all of it works all of it works really really well yeah it's shocking that it isn't as beloved as it is it should yeah it's shocking that some people put it at eight on their list you know, <laughs> you know what you know what shocks all abound you know shocks all around shocks all around baby <laughs> shocks abound all right so yeah we've done your two then yes so my number one is the Emperor's New Groove. Okay, that is my number seven. So just ridiculous. You got wow. the order wrong. You have it at one, dude. It is Pat Warburton's yes voiceover and character. Oh please, next level. Who are you talking to? Squeak, next squeak, level. squeak, a squeak, a squeak, squeak, squeak. Yeah, it's great. The poison, the poison for couscous, couscous is poison. <laughs> <laughs> the interaction between him and Eartha Kitt. Yes, is so good. The best pairing voiceover that I think yeah. Disney may have ever done. Yeah, it is perfect. David Spade playing a dick, the best <laughs> casting you could have done, <laughs> and John Goodman playing the lovable big kind of steady yeah. rock and all this. Another, it's just like it's it is so beautifully voice casted. Yeah, it's a fun story. Who doesn't love to see a snotty young punk get his comeuppance? And actually, you know, basically Grinch, your heart needs to grow. And it ultimately does. Yeah. He goes from this petulant, spoiled, you know, boy king god. Yeah. To uh, you're not, you know, everything that you think you are. You need to be humbled. Mm -hmm. And it's done in a way where you can ultimately end up up empathizing with him. Yeah, absolutely. Which is tough to do. And I think it's. The set pieces, the the choice of putting it in the Incan civilization, you got Machu Picchu type mm-hmm. uh, settings and whatnot, and they're up in these gorgeous uh, mountain shots. And yeah. I, I just think it's it is pretty much perfection as far as a deviation. If you're not going to do princesses, yeah, give me this. I will watch this. I think it's I think it's just gold. Yeah, 
I agree with you a thousand percent. I mean, I know I put it lower because the other films to me are a little more magical in terms of their animation or their songs, but the comedy here is stellar. The comedy here is fantastic. The, as you said, the chemistry with uh, with uh, Patrick Warburton or the kit, you know, uh, Kronk, I think his name is Kronk, and uh, the back and forth yeah. with them at the restaurant, the back and forth with them when they're at the uh, at the castle or whatever, the and then stupid and then, disguises they put on as yeah, they're trying to track exactly. them. All of it is great, yeah. And then, and then you get um, the interaction between Goodman and and uh, Spade, which, like, dude, Spade is. You want to talk about a completely out of the box, out of left field um, casting decision, David Spade of all people. But it's perfect. But it's perfect, right? And who plays a better dick than exactly, an actual dick? Exactly. And then you sympathize with him when he's when all the stuff happens to him, and he, you know, obviously he becomes the donkey, and then. When he's uh, or is it Yama? Has he become a donkey or a Yama? I forget. Uh, he com- becomes an alpaca. Alpaca. alpaca that's it. Sorry about that. alpaca. And but like that shot of him in the rain with the big do- sad eyes and the just all of it is great to show his progression from being a spoiled kid to understanding how to connect with people and and love people. And there's still a little bit of the dick there. Of underneath. course, it's never going to go change. away. Yeah, right. But he's better about it, which, which is- I think speaks to the honesty of it yeah. because. Yeah. You're going to change, but nobody's going to be 180 degrees different. Right, right. Um, <laughs> yeah, all right, maybe, so what, yeah. what do you got at number one? Number one is Wreck-It Ralph. It's not even a fucking question. Oh, yeah, the punter there. Um, that is my favorite Disney movie maybe ever is Wreck-It Ralph. And, and, I'm, wow. and I'm, it, it, that is me in animated form, which is why. So I'll be real honest with you. That's why I love it. And real honest with everybody's listening. I see myself in Wreck-It Ralph when I watch it. You know, I, I for many years I felt I was the bad guy in such certain situations, or I, you know, as cool as I was, as nice as I thought I was. There, I made missteps in life sometimes, and so I sensed that that desire to want more. Like I always felt out of place. I wasn't the skinny, good-looking, blonde, blue-eyed guy in high school who was always cool. I was the fatter Latino, darker-skinned kid on the outside watching that. And so sometimes I was, I felt like I was the bad guy, not that I was doing evil things, but the bad guy in comparison to someone who's so beloved. And so when Wreck-It Ralph is doing that with Fix-It Felix, I'm like, I know that journey. I know that sentiment, that desire. If you just give me a chance, I can show you what I can do. And so a lot of that, and that's why, Matt, to be honest, that's why I love the movie so much. But the animation is great. The dialogue is. is fantastic. The, the inventiveness of the arc using the arcade games that is genius. Um, and Jane Lynch does a great job with the voiceover, but really Sarah Silverman, 1 million percent. You don't see that coming. And she is great as Vanellope. And of course, so is Jack McBrayer's fix Felix, but all of it is great. So that at the end, when he sacrifices himself, Oh my God, I'm in tears every time when he's repeating the mantra as he holds on to the gold coin going into the, mountain of uh mentos or whatever it's it's just fucking great man so there you go that's my t- two cents on yeah the original uh it ultimately i find it depressing <laughs> well it it kind of is it isn't but i understand what you're well, saying yeah. it just because they understand the reality of they're trapped in this tiny little arcade game mm-hmm. and the light coming in from the outside and they live in this dark world knowing yeah. that they can never escape it and this is their reality my yeah god I walked out of the theater going, that's fucking depressing. I love the movie, but the emotion I had walking out was yeah. that. Yeah. Whereas the second one, I like the idea of the old adage of you love something, you have to set it free. Right. And him slowly coming to that realization. Plus, I thought the comedy in that Bill Hader, 
is the guy oh, yeah. with the pop-up ads and everything. Yeah. I was dying in the theater. Mm. Um, so that to me, that I like the second one because it ended on a more positive note. He becomes okay. this overbearing individual and was smothering her because he just wanted her to be his best friend. Right, right. And you have to allow her to grow. And there's nothing wrong with her wanting to venture off and do other things outside of your friendship. Yeah. The stages mean, of it. Yeah. Just the the growth and maturation of the character. I it, I gravitate towards that, but it's more so because the first one just leaves me depressed. <laughs> like I said, it's I a great say. movie, and then it just yeah. the end when they they realize what we realize. That's yeah. what kills me. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> so it's really good. If it didn't have that a dead different ending, it might be my number one. Wow. Yeah, I mean the, the Ralph Breaks the Internet doesn't 100 percent work for me because of like I don't like the new I don't like much of the new characters. Like I didn't like the the yes or whatever it was it's didn't 100 gravitate and i really oh, didn't like social media trying yeah. to like lady i was like you guys are trying too hard it just felt like you were trying too hard and the um gal gadot character i didn't i know a lot of people went crazy for it i, I just I, didn't I, work. that i didn't care so, for the other the yeah. badass driver in the yeah. other world yeah. it was one was dimension like, eh, whatever yeah i'm just yeah. a badass that's all so i was like ah all right fine but i did like Adam, Adam, the uh, Mr. Knows It All or whatever, Alan Tudyk doing the voice of that. Oh, character. yeah. That was really uh, basically it's Google. Yeah. Yeah. Basically Google. Yeah. I thought that was good. But yeah. Uh, there you go. All right. Well, there's our uh, there's our separate top 10 lists of the best Disney animated films since the year 2000. We're now going to compile them into one list. So the official top 10 list. I'm going to grab my bongos as Matt does that real quick. All right. So. I have a feeling we're going to be Big Hero 6 Moana might be 1-2. I don't know. He'll have the bongos in a second. So I think it's Big Hero than Moana 1-2. You hear Sorry, that? I say that again? I think it's Big Hero than Moana is 1-2. All right. Big Hero's 2 on mine. Okay. All right. That's fine with me. Well, yeah, it's Two, three for you and three, four for me. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, okay. Yeah, our then, ones are are dragged down by where we placed our separate our counters. So, well, yeah, well, your one I don't have. Well, I mean, your wreck at Ralph breaks the internet or whatever. It's a different movie. Are we saying that if oh, Frozen Two? Because we didn't Frozen speak 2? about it separately, so I thought since it's all together. Oh, I just figured that it was more so the compare and contrast between the two, and if we didn't want to spill any points that you brought up about why you liked the first one, interesting. In the discussion of the second one, nice, nice. Lady. I was saving us from talking over ourselves later on. Oh my God, in the air of efficiency of time, we need Matt Nost's new groove now. All right, all right. What's the what's the next one? What's the next one? Well, I mean. Zootopia is what? I have it at five. You have it at four? Yeah. Five, four. I think Makes Zootopia. sense. Yeah. Then I would say potentially Emperor's New Groove than Treasure Planet. Yeah. You have it at one? Yeah. I have it at seven. We're not putting Treasure Planet above Wreck-It Ralph. We're not doing that. I refuse to. Do it. I'll take it off my official list. So Emperor's New Groove is fine. Then Wreck It Ralph. Then we can do Treasure Planet. I'm not putting Wreck It Ralph all the way the fucking down there. No way. I'm not allowing that. It's a. De- it's the only depressing movie we have on this list. Are you kidding? There's two depressing movies all over this list. Uh, there really aren't. That one ends on a depressing note. It's sad. It doesn't end on. He's very happy 
that he's accept and then Vanellope is off doing what she's doing. Yeah, and then in the star. next one, they realize they can get out of this small little world. And how excited are they about that fact? No, because they've been locked in a cage. I'm taking the film John, as itself. I know why the caged bird sings. Oh my basically God. <laughs> his happiness in this. Yikes. I actually don't know what that book's about. I just know that's the title. <laughs> yeah, the Maya yeah. Angelou book. The Maya. Uh, I know it's Maya Angelou. I know that's the title of it. Never yeah. read it. Never. I never heard a synopsis. Don't know anything about it. <laughs> All right. So, uh, All right, so then we have Tangled and Lilo and Stitch and Bolt in common. Oh wow! Yeah. So, uh, how many spots do we have left? Uh, we have four spots left. Okay. So Tangled. I have it six. Where do you have it? That's fine. Seven okay. and then Lilo and Stitch. Okay. We'll go ahead and just do both there and then we can do uh what's your next highest? I have my six. I have my five, Ray on the Last Dragon. All right, Ray on the Last Dragon Ooh, it is. Nice. I Although know. I could say I refuse to have it on there above other things on my list, but you could. No, I'm not gonna do that. Yeah. Yeah. Good person. Yeah, I know you you're the first one to tell us. A lot us of people are saying it. A lot of people are saying it. <laughs> you know what? A lot of people say him at I'm hearing good things. <laughs> All right, let's do this. Uh, the top 10 Disney animated films since the year 2000. Yeah. At number 10. Raya and the Last Dragon. Raya. At number nine. Bolt. At number eight. Lilo and Stitch. At number seven. Tangled. At number six. Treasure Planet. At number five, Wreck-It Ralph. At number four, The Emperor's New Groove. At number three, Zootopia. At number two, Moana. And our number one Disney animated film since the year 2000 is... Is Big Hero 6. Hey, Big Hero 6. A lot of quality on Disney. A lot yes, of quality. we both didn't have Frozen. We did not have Frozen. Um, or the princess and the frog, which a lot of people love, but I've never seen it. So I have, it's, it's okay. It's got moments where I think it's really good. And then okay. it's got a lot that I would cut. Okay. Fair enough. Fair I enough. think it's good overall. And, uh, they're coming out with a sequel. So hopefully the sequel is better than the first. Right. Right. It's not like the first is bad, but I don't think, you know, it's probably 11 on my okay. list, maybe 12. Fair enough. It's above frozen. I will say that. Frozen <laughs> too. I feel like everything's above frozen. I just um, on your list. Yeah. It's the only movie distinctly where I'm like, dude, you could cut the trolls entirely. That mm. does nothing for the story. I don't understand why it's even yeah. remotely in the film. I don't disagree with you there. And I can't say that distinctly about any other. Yeah. Uh okay. Well, there you go. Well, let's yeah. wrap it up there. Let's not end on a depressing note. Matt hates that. No. <laughs> I'm fine with it depressing if it's intended to be depressing, but they're trying to spin it as it's positive, and it's like, it's not, guys. It's not. No. They realize they're in their cage, and uh, they're supposed to just be happy with it. Some people are. Some people are. I know, but it doesn't... Uh, then you see the second movie, doesn't really look like they're happy in their cage. <laughs> Plus, Sarah Silverman wants nothing more than to get out of hers in the first one. She wants to do anything but the same thing over and over. Mm -hmm. uh, All right. Fair enough. Anyway, there's our list. There it is. We hope you enjoy uh, today's show. Join us for next week's Black Friday edition Hello. of the live. We'll be doing a uh, Boss Hog topic, so look forward to that. And uh, we'll see you guys then. Be on the lookout for the email. You'll get that uh, Thursday night. 
yeah or into early into friday morning but it'll be waiting in your inbox friday morning nonetheless yeah. and we will see you guys then please follow the show at top 10 show on twitter and on instagram and youtube it is forward slash the top 10 podcast with the number 10 so please hit us up and uh you can follow me anywhere at matt nost Check out Settle the Score uh, if you want to see or listen to another movie-related podcast or Dropping Dimes if you want to talk basketball. And that is it for me this week. There you go. And please, please don't forget about the Patreon. Patreon.com slash the top 10. Go and subscribe. Go and support what we're doing here. Over six years, we've been bringing you excellent content. Go and subscribe to us and support everything we've got going on or elevate your support to the next tier to show your commitment to the show as much as we've been committed to doing multiple shows every week for your entertainment Give us some love as we create more and more stuff here on the Patreon. Of course, as Matt has alluded to and I've alluded to in the past, we're going to come up with a couple of more tiers where people can donate at higher levels because a lot of you have been requesting if you can donate at higher levels. So we'll figure that out uh, certainly as maybe before the start of December so we can have that going into the new year as well. Um, all right, as for me, you can follow me at The Roca Says on Twitter and on Instagram, on Twitch, The Outlaw Nation, my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash John Roca Says. And my other podcasts, the uh, t- the uh, Cinephiles and the Geek Buddies. There we go. All right. Well, y'all take care of yourselves. Be well. We'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode of the Top Ten. Mm-hmm.